When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Auburn Live podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. Where you go? All right, that's four straight wins for Auburn basketball as they uh, continue to roll in SEC play. Welcome into the Auburn Live basketball show. Um, I am Justin Hokinson, joined as always by Jay Phillips. Um, Jay, four in a row for Auburn basketball after a one and one start in conference play. They're five and one in league play after a 18 point win at LSU. And then, of course, the win over Mississippi State last Saturday. Um, we haven't spoken in a week. Um, thoughts on, on uh, four straight, including that win over LSU, who LSU is a reeling team for sure. Um, but Auburn did what you're supposed to do when you're the better team. They won by 18. Um, what were your thoughts on? Uh, the Mississippi State win and the LSU win and kind of where this team is at now at five and one in league play. Yeah, you know, both of the wins were really impressive for several reasons, and both of them were still Auburn not playing quite at its full potential. So it makes you confident that the team's not peaking too early or anything, but they're still gaining some momentum, finding some identity. Um both games, you know, were probably the quietest two-game stretch we've seen from Janai Brome all season, but Wendell Green, Alan Flanagan, Jalen Williams have all been playing really good when they've been in the game. Uh, and it's, you know, it's just feels like this team's trending in the right direction, and it's a far cry from where they were two weeks ago when we were talking after the Georgia game. And, yeah, you know, it, it seemed like that team was close to falling off the edge. and You know, it, it was just very uncharacteristic for a Bruce Pearl team and past few teams we've seen in general. And, you know, now they look like they're trending right back up. They look as good as they've been all season. So feeling good about Auburn basketball. Yeah, I think, um, I think they're, first of all, they're taking advantage of their schedule right now. We've talked about um, how lopsided their schedule is on the back half Um, of their remaining 14 games. Seven as of now are slated quad one games. Quad one games for those um, that, that aren't sure what that terminology is, quad one, two, three, and four, those are ways that basically the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee will separate games and judge quality wins. So quad one wins are the best wins you can have. They're, they're beating a, a top 30 team um, at home. They're beating a top 50 team on a neutral floor, and they're beating a top 75 team, I think, on the road. Quad two kind of stretches that back out where then it's like a top 50 at home, you know, or, um, you know, top 75 on a neutral or top 100 on the road. So it kind of stretches out. Um, And so quad one wins are, you know, that's kind of what you're judged by. That's the first thing that the tournament committee is going to look at um, when they say, what what should you be seated? Or if you're on the bubble, should you get in? Like that's, that's normally a big indicator. So half of Auburn's remaining games are quad one games. Um, including six of the last nine. So what Auburn's doing right now is is, is really important. Sounds like 
I mean, because the back half is so good. I mean, the reality is four of Auburn's five conference wins so far are four of the five bottom teams in the league right now. LSU, Ole Miss, um, Arkansas, um, and then Mississippi State um, are all four of the five. And then South Carolina, who Auburn's about to play. So if Auburn wins Saturday, five of their six conference wins would be the bottom five teams in the league so far. And then you've got a Florida and Georgia kind of middle of the pack right now. You're one and one there. They haven't played Kentucky, Bama, Tennessee, Missouri, Texas A&M. So it's going to get a lot harder. So keep that in perspective when you're talking about this team and being five and one. And um, they, They've taken care of business, but they've played so far teams that are struggling in league play. Um, having said that, there is something, I think, to be said about finding yourself, which is really what this team needed to do. I mean, USC, Memphis, Northwestern, like a lot of these games, Georgia, um, a lot of these games – it didn't look like they knew who they wanted to be or knew who they were or knew what the best version of themselves was. And so, yeah, they beat Northwestern and they, they boat raced Washington. They lost to Memphis, lost to USC, lose by 12 at Georgia. Florida was even kind of a real struggle. I mean, Florida is a middle of the pack team, but at home that Auburn was losing that game. Like, um, and so I think what you've seen in, in this four game stretch is a team that's at least finding the things that they need to do to be successful, which is limit turnovers, um, you know, be methodical at times on offense. I mean, Auburn scores 67 points. Generally, I mean, you go back and look at the, at the teams, you know, whether it's Jared, Bryce, some of those more high-powered teams, 67 points, they'd lose. I mean, they, they would if they scored 67, they weren't playing the caliber of defense they are now. So this team is kind of finding its rhythm and figuring out, okay, it's going to start on defense and limiting turnovers and then go from there. And so that will bode well as you get into this tougher schedule, I think, even though, look, they're going to have bumps and bruises, they're going to lose some games for sure. But at least they're starting to find, okay, for us to be successful, it's going to take this, which is huge for a basketball team, whether it's chemistry, whether it's guys finding their role, or whether it's finding your identity. A team that, can, that has that, they can be less talented and still be a better team and win games because they know what they're trying to do. So I think it's huge what's happening these last, last four games. Wendell Green's been phenomenal. Another double-digit scoring night for him. Jalen Williams, another double-digit scoring night for him. Um, you mentioned Janai Broom, and I think that's interesting. He had those four straight double-doubles, and then the last two games he's sort of quieted down against Mississippi State LSU, and Auburn still wins. That's a good thing. Chris Moore hasn't played the last two games. Auburn still wins. So, you know, there's some, there's some good things going on there. Um, look at the stats from, from the LSU game, particularly last night. Uh, another 20% shooting night from an opponent from three. That's, I think, four of Auburn's six conference games. They're holding opponents at, from three to less than 20%. Florida Arkansas, uh, Florida, Arkansas, Mississippi State, and LSU all shot under 20% from three against Auburn. Um, so that defense is, is doing its uh, – is doing its part. Wendell, we talked about being fantastic. Leor Berman comes off the bench with eight points against LSU. Almost had double figures for the first time in his career. Um, Alan Flanagan was on his way to a double-double, got in a little foul trouble. But more importantly with Al, 23 minutes, one turnover uh, on the road against LSU. Yep. So there's some good things happening. Um, where, where, what do you see? So when Chris no Moore comes back, 
Do what? Yeah, Wendell Green, no turnovers. Yeah, I think that that's uh, – yeah, yeah, no turnovers. I was just adding that in. You know, I think uh, yeah. Alan Flanagan's turnover was the only turnover for the backcourt last night. It's impressive. And, and I have to go back and Pretty look. Impressive. Uh, I remember writing about this like a week ago, um, and I'd have to go back and look game by game. But second half, they're a different team turnover-wise. I remember asking Bruce about it probably a week and a half ago. Um, because it was something I was noticing. They, were, they would turn the ball over. You go back to even maybe the USC game, but right, right past that, they would turn the ball over maybe eight, nine times in the first half, and then they were coming back in the second half, and it was maybe three or four. They were, they were kind of almost cutting their turnovers in half, and then they did it again last night. I think they had four turnovers in the second half, six in the first half, um, but they're doing a much better job because they're going towards their bench. Bruce is on that side. He can kind of control things offensively. Uh, in the second half, um, but the second half turnovers um, are way, way down too. So if they can just, it's really about getting out of the gate sometimes with this team. Get out of the gate in a decent manner. Don't have, don't turn the ball over nine times in the first half. In the second half, I think going towards the bench, they're in a much, much better position, and it's, uh, it's showing they're playing good basketball. Yeah. And- you know, like you were saying, it, it hasn't been against the best competition in the SEC, but at the same time, I think Mississippi State and Arkansas, those are two teams I see finishing in the top half of the league, and both of those teams potentially match up against Auburn really well. Arkansas has so much length on the perimeter. Mississippi State does as well. They also have Tolu Smith and more of a interior presence than Arkansas did. So I think those two wins carry a little more weight than where Arkansas and Mississippi State are currently trending just because, you know, everybody in the SEC is kind of reeling to an extent right now, feeling like they need some wins. Nobody's taken a night off. It doesn't seem like it's just that teams haven't really found their offensive rhythm throughout the SEC right now. And I think that's something that's going to continue to happen. This is going to be a league where Auburn's going to be able to lean on its defense on nights when it can't shoot. And I think that's going to go a long way for Auburn being able to you know, you're going to have a lot of defensive battles in the SEC this season. If you can have a top 10-ish defense out there, you're going to win a lot of them. And I think that, uh, you know, Alabama has been a great shooting team. But outside of that, is anybody in the SEC, you know, I'm, it's just going to be – I think that you're going to be able to hold a lot of teams to yeah. below 20% from three. And those really poor shooting nights, it's going to be something that Auburn's defense can do. I don't – you know, I, I'm still not – sure how high Auburn can finish in the SEC, but right now they're kind of, they look like they have as good of a recipe currently as anybody. And like Justin was saying, they're still without Chris Moore and Janai Brooms playing as quietly as he has been. And I think it's going to be interesting. And I do like the Lior Berman uh, little arc we've got going on right now. You know, he, Bruce Pearl was talking about a couple of, I don't remember if it was after the Mississippi State game or after the Ole Miss game but he was saying that uh, a lot of teams try to pick on Lior when he's in the game and that Lior, I guess he's kind of not only taken that personally, but has used it and, you know, they're working on it. You could tell that last night, I think there was one point where I don't remember if it was right after Lior's three, or maybe it was after the play that that, uh, after timeout they ran and got him that layup. But either way, it was after one of his baskets in Mississippi state, came down the court and immediately tried to attack Lior on a back cut and Lior stole the pass. You know, stuff like that is promising with Lior as well. Not only does that mean that Auburn's going to be better while they don't have Chris Moore, but I think that when Chris Moore does come back, it's going to give you a little more versatility. Maybe Lior can 
play a couple of those minutes at the two or a couple of those minutes at the three and let Leo or uh, let, you know, maybe Leor can play those minutes and let Chris Moore play uh, some extra small ball four minutes to back up Jalen. And maybe that strengthens that position a little bit. Alan Flanagan's playing well as well. So I don't know. I think that the Leor development is an interesting one. If he can continue playing, you know, if, if, if he can play five to seven minutes a game at a true SEC level, that could be really big for this roster. Spread out the that core starting five slash six kind of players and get a little more production spread around. Yeah, he played 16 minutes last night against LSU. Um, three for four shooting, um, eight points in a board. Um, yeah, and you're right. Look, he's a, he's a guy that when Chris Moore gets back healthy, we know that Chris Moore's minutes are going to go back and Berman's minutes are going to go back down. Um, it would be interesting. You know, the thing with Leor though, is when he gets in there, um, you almost have to run a play or two for him to try to get a three because otherwise you're not, you know, he, he, you're not really, he's not going to, you're not going to get much from him. He benefited last night from playing 16 minutes and actually had a chance to get in the flow of the game a little bit and get an opportunity to do a couple of things. And he's a really good player. The only thing he probably lacks is, you know, maybe some, if he gets matched up against a, a, a you know, a 6'6", six, six, you know, some guy that's trying to go in the paint, maybe a little bit there. But, he, you know, he's, he's a physical strong guy, Leor is, um, and he's got good athletic ability to stay with somebody. Um, and so, yeah, it was good to see him hit that three. Um, he had a steal. He had a, he had a layup. Uh, he had another deflection mm-hmm. against LSU on a back door. Um, it, was a, it was a heads-up play. It was a good, good awareness play. Um, so, yeah, it will be interesting to see if um, kind of what happens with his minutes when Chris Moore comes back, if he kind of dwindles back down or do they think he's deserved a couple of more minutes, maybe another rotation in there. Um, but if they do, like I said, he if they do, if you're going to play Leor, you, you, then you've got to run – you've got to get him a look. You can't – he's not a guy – if you're just going to put him out there for minutes, I mean, I get it. you got to do what you got to do. But when he's out there, boy, you really want to try to get him a look and you could tell, by the way, against LSU, you could tell Bruce was 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 really giving him a shot and and and, and was feeling that Leor was confident. So Leor hit that three, um, and this was in the let's see, it was this would have been in the first half, late in the first half. Leor hits that three. They come back down a few possessions after that, and they run a they run a design play for Leor. He comes off a screen, comes up the middle and is going to catch and try to get a look at the top of the key, curls around it, and he went up, but that guy was on him, and he ended up having to pass it off. But that was an absolute called design play for Leo Berman to get another look at the top of the key, which I thought was an interesting thing. I don't know how many – I mean, I don't know how many, how many times I've seen Bruce Pearl call a design play for Leo in the first half of an SEC basketball game um, – that was that was cool to see. I mean, I think Leor was confident, and Bruce wanted to feed him a little bit and see if he could knock another one down. So, yeah, that'll be interesting to see um, how him and Chris Moore sort of their minutes, um, how their minutes shape out. Um, but yeah, it was just a good game. We talked about road starts with Bruce, um, and he talked about having needing to get off to a better start because Georgia they trailed early and never recovered. Uh, Miss uh, Ole Miss were down seven before they kind of got things going. Well, Zip Jasper hits a three 13 seconds into the game, and Auburn never trailed. So that's a pretty good way to uh, get off to a good start on the road. They literally, the game was yep. tied first 13 seconds of the game. 
Zep hits a three, Auburn never trails in the game. So that's more like it in terms of road starts. Um, but yeah, you mentioned an interesting word in its, in its, in its recipe. And, and I agree with you. Like, that's a good way, you know, recipe, identity. It's, we're talking about the same thing in that it's just finding the things that work, um, the balance. Bruce Pearl talked about that whenever else you being a good win with good balance, which is true. I mean, Wendell and Jalen had 14. You look across the board, Katie had eight, Lior had eight, Cardwell had four, Broom had four, J Jasper had five, Flanagan had eight. Um, Trey Donaldson's the only player that played that didn't score. Um, and he only took one shot, but he had four rebounds, Trey Donaldson did. And it, once again, no turnovers. Um, honestly, Janai kind of reverted back and he, he, had a, he had a rough game. Maybe KG Williams just kind of causes him some problems. 4.6 boards, three turnovers, three fouls for Janai. So probably, probably his worst game in the league. Um, and then Jalen had a couple turnovers, but other than that, <clears throat> Just a ton of balance. I mean, even the rebounds. Trey Donaldson had four. Cardwell had seven. Wendell had four. Jalen Williams had seven. Janai had six. Allen had seven. So, um, I mean, that that going back to what Bruce Pearl said before the season started, that's what this team is. It's got to be the depth. Everybody's got to contribute. It's got to be 10 deep, and they've all got to do their part. You're not, you don't have a superstar. You know, Wendell can be – can 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 look fantastic at times, but I wouldn't consider Wendell Jabari or Walker when we're talking about the superstar. Um, but he's but Wendell's probably I say probably I think Wendell's their best player. I mean, there's just so many things he does. He just creates and 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 manipulates the game when he's playing really well. But this is a team that's got to be good across the board, ten deep. Katie's got to contribute. Dylan's got to contribute. Janai, Zepp, Flanagan, all these guys got to do their part. And when they do. It's a good basketball team. They just don't have a big margin of error. Um, yeah, you talked about league play. So Alabama's sitting at 6-0. and Texas A&M's 5-0. They beat uh, Florida last night by two. Um, and then you got Auburn and Tennessee at 5-1. and <laughs> And then literally you've got Georgia 3-2, and Florida 3-3, and Missouri 3-3, and Kentucky 3-3, and Vanderbilt 2-3. and So the middle is just jam-packed. And then you've got South Carolina, um, LSU, Mississippi State, Arkansas, and Ole Miss, all with one conference win. Auburn plays South Carolina Saturday. If they win that, that would mean that five of Auburn's six wins are against the bottom five teams in the league um, at, at this moment. Um, so, you know, but look, there's something to be said about taking care of business and winning the games that are in front of you. And for this Auburn team, it's not a bad thing. I mean, if you flip the schedule, think about the way this Auburn team was playing against Memphis, against USC. Flip this conference schedule, and then let's say they start league play with, like, six of nine against quad one. That would have been a bad deal for this team. This team wasn't in a good place for that. Like, if they'd have started conference play with Bama and Kentucky and Tennessee and Tulsa A&M or Tulsa, that would have been, um, have been tough on this team when they're trying to find themselves. So the way the schedule kind of worked out, it's allowing them to find themselves a little bit, and then they're going to take whatever confidence they've got into this back cap here soon and, and see what they've got. But, I mean, you're right. Looking at it, Alabama and Tennessee are clearly the best two teams in the league. If they don't finish 1-2, I'd be surprised. They're just top to bottom. They're, the, they're, they're just really, really good um, across the board. Tennessee's fantastic on defense. 
Alabama's fantastic all around. Um, but those two teams, you got to figure over 18 games, you're going to finish one, two. But after that, yeah, I mean, this Auburn team, the way it's, the way it's shaking out, Arkansas is struggling right now. You didn't see that coming. Um, I mean, they're going to, they're going to drop out of the top 25. They sh- I don't even know how they're still in it. I don't know how they were still in it going into this week. Honestly, they're one in four and they still hung around at 25. I don't really get that. Um, but Auburn's got a great shot. To, to, when you're looking at the lay of the land to finish third in the league. Um, I just don't think they're going to hang with Bama. I think Bama and Tennessee are probably going to be four, probably maybe four at the most, probably more like three conference losses for those teams. They're probably looking at 15 and three type seasons. Um, maybe, maybe 14 and four for Tennessee or something or Alabama. I'm not, yeah, I'm not sold on Tennessee yet, but. Alabama, you know, so far looking like they're chugging away. What do you not sold? So Tennessee, let's see, Mississippi State. I mean, you know, they've had some close games, and yeah, I'm not sold on their guard play and Ziegler, and just never really too sold on Rick Barnes. You know, I'm sure that they're going to finish in that top four, you know, area, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if they finish at number two. I just you know, I don't think they're in the tier that Bama's in either way. Not I think well. right now Alabama's in the first tier of the SEC. Tennessee might be a little, you know, they're probably a little bit ahead of Auburn, but at the same time, these past few Auburn wins I think are impressive. And Tennessee's had some skeptical ones, but Auburn's had the loss to Georgia too. So, I, you know, but I think that Tennessee and Alabama, definitely a division between those two right now. Yeah, there's no question. Alabama separated themselves. They look – I mean, Alabama's the – I don't I don't see how they're not the best team in the, in the country right now. They're just playing so well. <clears throat> and you're right about yeah. Tennessee. Like, there's, they're just one of those teams that at times they definitely underwhelm under Rick Barnes. Yeah, they're good. Um, they're just so – I don't know. It's still, it's still such a physical team. Um, yeah. And, and I think that's where I wonder maybe about – Maybe I give them an edge over Auburn, whether it's Plavich or or Plavisic or or uh, some of the other big men they have. A little bit more physical, I think, and tall down low versus Auburn, and so I would give them an edge in terms of just their team makeup and and what they're capable of doing. Um, and man, they play some they play some nasty defense. Tennessee does. I mean, really, yeah, really, really lock you down at times. That when they play when Auburn Tennessee play, that's going to be just a sl- an absolute slugfest. It'll be that the winning team will be at 63 or something, 62. I mean, um, but yeah, you got to love where Auburn's at through through 15 and three. Look, you lose Jabari Smith and you lose Walker Kessler, and you're 15 and three the next season. I mean, that's 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 really really impressive. And I look, I said before the before SEC play started on the board at Auburn Live, I said I thought five and three through their first eight games, I thought would be acceptable. Of course, at the time it was, you know, Memphis had lost. The USC, the USC and Memphis losses had happened. Um, and offensively, they just weren't clicking. <clears throat> and so I'm looking at it going, you know, kind of for what this team is, five and three, because you're thinking Arkansas is really good. Um, but now here they are five and one. Well, now I'm looking at it completely different. I mean, now five and three is no. I mean, you're playing yeah. South Carolina and then you play, is it Missouri? Is that that eighth? Um, 100% remember A&M Carolina and then A&M um, and then you that's that's your that finishes your 
<clears throat> your first eight. Um, and now you're looking at A&M's really good. That's going to be a – that'll be a A&M always. That'll be a little revenge game from the SEC tournament. You know Bruce is going to want that game bad, bad, bad. Um, A&M's good, though, this year. It's going to be a really – so, I mean, you're looking at beat, take care of business South Carolina, you're six and one and uh, got a chance to be seven and one in your first eight, um, which is, I, I wouldn't have seen that coming. Seven and one, I, I would have thought maybe a couple. I would have thought probably two losses at best. But, and I think it's kind of interesting how we we're just talking about Tennessee and putting up the fact that Auburn, you know, matches up in a lot of ways and probably stands a chance no matter where that game is played. But two weeks ago, you know, I, I wouldn't have given Auburn a chance in that game. And I think that now, you know, Auburn has a has a route, has an easy, not an easy route, but has a, you know, tangible route to get into that top four, that first round by in the SEC. No doubt. Oh, no doubt. I mean, like we talked about, you're looking at it now going, if you assume Alabama and Tennessee are going to be in that top four, which they will, probably top two, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. A&M's off to a great start. Can they keep it up? Um, Kentucky's always dangerous. I mean, the, the Kentucky's got the talent. Yeah. We all know that. Um, and, and hey, they came back, beat Tennessee, come back and beat Georgia, who's, who's, who's a decent team so far. So Kentucky's playing a little better now. Um, and then Arkansas's loaded if they can just figure it out. Um, and so they're, you know, yeah, they're, you know, there's a couple teams, but I mean, as of right now, you know, Kentucky's two games back and, 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 and uh, Arkansas's four already of Auburn. So um, if Auburn wins these next two and they're sitting at seven and one, they're going to be in a, they're going to be in a pretty good spot to try to, to land the, one of those top four seeds, assuming they don't tank at the end, assuming they don't just lose to Tennessee twice and lose to Alabama twice and lose to Kentucky. They need to knock off and, and get a, a win over Tennessee or a win over Alabama, something uh, of that caliber. But, yeah, um, you look at Ken Palm, Auburn's up to 15. Um, you look at the net, and Auburn is at 21. So after that Georgia loss, I have to go back and look, but I think after that Georgia loss, I think Auburn's net had dropped to like 40, something around 40. Yeah, I think we're late 30s. And and now they've risen all the way back up to being 21, um, which is which is 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 really impressive. Obviously, we'll see kind of how the quad one game shakes out. Auburn's going to have Auburn's schedule is going to be interesting at the end of the year because you're going to have Memphis, you know, USC, Northwestern, uh, Florida, Missouri. A&M, you're going to have a bunch of these teams that are going to just probably hovering around, you know, 40 to 60. And, and, and so we talked about quad one wins. Some of those you get, get inside the top 50 for some of those. And so the better Memphis can do, the better USC can do, the better Missouri can do, the better Northwestern can do, that will help Auburn's quad one. Like Auburn's quad one literally week by week. <laughs> like once they get into the schedule, you're going to – one week their quad one could be four and one, and the next week if a couple of those teams lose, it could be like, you know, two and three, and it's going to fluctuate. But um, they need some of those teams that are kind of right there in the middle of the pack to to win. That would really help them. But yeah, just keep they keep climbing. Um, I think they're projected a six seed right now. The good thing about the back half of the schedule, Jay, is being so difficult is. 
yes, you're going to lose more games. Auburn's going to fall. Auburn's going to drop some of these games, right? There's no, there's no doubt about that. The good thing is, <clears throat> if you go and you lose to Alabama, your, your net and your Ken Palm is going to, if anything, it might go up. Um, yep. <laughs> even Tennessee, even losing to Tennessee. I mean, so yes, it's tough, and they, they need a, they, they're going to need to win some of those games, obviously. But man, if they can make, if they can make hay in this first first half, get the seven and one, maybe go to Morgantown. And, and West Virginia is a good team. I don't care what their record is. Um, that's a good basketball team. If they get that uh, non-conference, game, yeah, that's that's going to be a brutal place. If you somehow can get that non-conference game, man, now like you could almost split the last eight games of your schedule with as tough it is as it is. You could almost split those and finish. 11 and 7 in league play and you're in great shape you're in because that's going to be so tough yeah. probably going to knock off somebody good and you'll be in you'll be in great shape honestly because it's such a tough schedule net wise you might rise like we talked about yeah i think so too and that's you know i think that auburn has a chance to win those games i don't know how i feel about an alabama game especially in tuscaloosa at this point but yeah. you know there's <laughs> maybe they can muck it up enough to make that one ugly, but, you know, we'll see. I think in Auburn, um, that's going to be a tough one in Tuscaloosa. In Auburn, they got a – I mean, Neville – Auburn can beat anybody in, in Neville Arena. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, that's going to be it, – it's going to be a race, you know, but Auburn can definitely – they need to get some of these big wins, though. That's That's been a talking point, you know, each of these past few games. It seems like that's what the announcers are talking about. I've seen Bruce Pearl talk about it as well, but – Auburn does not have that marquee win, and that's not going to keep them out of the NCAA tournament. But getting a marquee win versus an Alabama or a Tennessee, especially those two, but in that win in Morgantown as well would be something that's like that. That just looks great on the tournament resume. That goes from, oh, they, you know, they beat who they were supposed to beat, six or seven seed, to bumping you up to that four or five maybe. Yeah. And it's, you know, you got, you, yeah, and you got your chances. I mean, you play Tennessee and Alabama, um, obviously, in, in, you know, at home. That's going to be your best shot. If they can win one of those, they play Tennessee and Alabama four times, right, road and away. Honestly, as good as those teams are, if they went one and three, let's say they got swept by Bama but split with Tennessee, um, that'd, be, that'd, be, that'd be pretty good in the, in the tournament seating size. If yeah. they had a win over one of those two teams and showed – they could beat that caliber of team, especially if they beat Alabama at home. Um, that'd be a monster win, and, and, and you can notch it. That, that'll that be a big one when it comes to seeding, too. Just having something on the resume that said you beat the number one or number two team in your league or a top ten type net team or Ken Palm team, um, that'll be huge. All right, let's look ahead to South Carolina Saturday and then uh, Texas A&M next Wednesday night. It's now shaping up to be um, – Yep. A big game. Big Texas one. A&M's got, let's see. By the way, Texas A&M and South Carolina, Auburn's next two games, they played each other on Saturday. Texas A&M went to Columbia. This is on the heels of South Carolina beating Kentucky in Rupp. And A&M goes to Columbia and beats South Carolina by 41. The same day Alabama beat LSU by 40. That makes no sense. Um, how do you get beat at home? How do you go to Rupp and win? Come back at home and lose by 41. I have no clue. Um, so I, 
I don't know what you're getting from South Carolina, and I don't know, you know, in Texas A&M, they're just they're just a tough they're just a tough team. Buzz Williams, they have always played Bruce Pearl really good, always. Even going mm-hmm. back to the years when when Auburn won the regular season, and A&M was the only team to win in 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 Neville for the entire season, um, and, and they just they just play them. They play Auburn really tough, and of course last year in the tournament, he knows how to defend Bruce Pearl's teams. Um, and so those are just those are those are wars. Um, but you look at A&M, two point win over Florida, crushed Carolina, beat Missouri by 18. Um, Missouri was ranked, beat, beat Texas A&M, I mean beat uh, LSU, and then squeaked by Florida for their five and a start. They play Kentucky in Rupp, and then come to Auburn. So they're going to be coming to Auburn after playing in Kentucky Saturday, travel back, then travel to Auburn. Um, Auburn plays in Columbia and then comes home to play A&M. So what are your thoughts on the next two games with South Carolina on Saturday and uh, and Texas A&M next Wednesday night on ESPN2? In South Carolina needs to be, should be a win there. You know, it's in Columbia, so – it can always be tricky, but South Carolina is just a bad team. They're not very good this year. I think the win over Kentucky is more or less just Kentucky not being good than it is South Carolina doing anything special. That was just, you know, I don't think, I think Kentucky didn't care for it. It was sort of like Auburn's game against Georgia, but worse. Uh, South Carolina does have Gregory Jackson. Some Auburn fans will remember Bruce Pearl recruiting him. He was the number one player in 2023 before he reclassed to 2022. Uh, He's super good. He can go for 30 points any night kind of guy, but even if he goes for 30 points, they got Michi Johnson as well playing decently, but really nobody else on that team that's going to be a big threat to Auburn. Uh, They just, they don't shoot well. They don't defend well. They're uh, first year transitioning from Frank Martin. And it's, you know, it's just, he didn't leave them with much and, there's not much going on over there, but um, they got enough talent to where if Auburn tries to play like they did at Georgia, you know, Gregory Jackson and Michi Johnson might be able to outscore Auburn. Um, not likely, but it's possible. Texas A&M, whole different story, though. You were saying Buzz Williams, you know, he knows how to defend Bruce Pearl's teams. Not only that, but just on paper, that Texas A&M team does a lot of things that should frustrate Auburn. Uh, they're a really good rebounding team, especially on the offensive glass. They play extremely good interior defense, and they're going to you know, make Auburn – if Auburn can shoot 40% from three, like it kind of has been able to in these past few games, that could be, as always, something that swings it into Auburn's favor. But if not, that's going to be a really tough game for Auburn to win, even at home. Uh, I think Auburn can win it, of course, but – Buzz Williams, always a tough matchup for Bruce Pearl, and I think this year it's going to be a little more so than usual. Yeah, you look at South Carolina, boy. I mean, they have a five-point loss at Vanderbilt. By the way, the game against Auburn is going to be their third straight home game, which is interesting that you get three home games in a row in conference play. I'm not sure how they maneuvered that. Um, But they had a five-point loss to Vanderbilt. Then they played Tennessee at home and lost by 43. Uh, then they turn around and go to Ruff and win. Don't know how. Then they come back home, play A&M, and lose by 41. This team has lost by 40 twice in conference play already in five games. 
Yeah. And but but have a win at Rupp. That that is. I mean, that just you can't even. I think and the they have a second point worst. Offense. What's up? I was just. Saying, I think the second worst team in the SEC, according to Ken Palm, is. Ole Miss maybe, and they're like number 97 or so, and then South Carolina's the worst, and they're like number 250, yeah, just to put in perspective how bad they've been. That was surprising. I did look that up the other day when I was looking at the resume, and to see South Carolina in the two um, <laughs> 40s, I was like, whoa. You know, it's like a SOCON team. <laughs> in SEC, yeah, like we're, okay, maybe you're one, 240. I'm like, my gosh. Um, I mean, you look at, just for perspective, let's see. Just for some comparison's sake, um, so I look at another. I look at Torvik Analytics too. I like how they lay things out. Mm-hmm. Um, so Winthrop is two sixty six. Georgia State two twenty nine. Holy crap! So, 40, so just according to Torvik, South Carolina will be the second worst team Auburn's played all year, behind only Texas Southern. They're sitting at two eighty three right now in the Torvik rankings. Um, which is worse than Georgia State, which is worse than Winthrop. Um, wow. I mean, that's shocking. Yeah, they're bad. They're really bad. I mean, just to have two 40-point losses is crazy. So it'll be interesting to see what that game looks like because we know Auburn can go through stretches where if they don't hit shots, it can get ugly. You're talking about two straight road games, right? So Auburn traveled back last night. They're going to practice Thursday. Or you know, maybe some kind of light, light, probably light practice Thursday, probably a practice Friday morning, and then turn around and get right back on a plane and go to Columbia or the bus and go to Columbia. So it will be interesting to see how Auburn handles the second straight road game. Um, you know, similar maybe to that USC Washington back to back. I mean, they traveled in between games, um, but it'll be interesting to see how they handle that. And then what kind of Carolina team you get after now three straight home games? Can they put something together? Um, but yeah, this is, this is definitely a game that I don't know about must wins. I hate saying must win. I mean, if Auburn loses what, they don't make the tournament. No, but you, you but but can't given, lose. <laughs> yeah. Given what we know about Auburn's schedule, you, well, boy, I mean, you, 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 you almost can't lose this game. I mean, it's just too, it's just too much going on in the back half to have a loss like this, um, on your, on your resume or even a loss to LSU, honestly. And they just have to win these. Yeah, games. it's not going to kill you, but it's just going to look terrible. It's going to hang bad. over your head for the rest of the season. Well, it's the kind of loss that you lose this, and then you lose your footing a little bit and in, in, in backslide mm-hmm. in the back half, and all of a sudden you become a – and the teams are – you know, if somehow you were to slip to the bubble, and they go, ooh, golly, they, they lost to South Carolina. They're 250, and the, that's when it comes into play. You you'd have to make you lose this game you, you have to make up for it by beating Tennessee Alabama you got to make up for it on yeah. the back half with a, with a with a win of that caliber so um, yeah I think get another win come home play A and M eight o'clock on ESPN two that Wednesday night better be packed inside Neville because um, that'll be a monster game um, against Texas A and M at that point you have a chance to be at that point you have a chance to move to you know second in the league. Um, depending on, you know, Tennessee's got LSU and Georgia, so they're they're probably going to go two and zero. Georgia's in in Knoxville, so you got to think Tennessee will probably go two and zero and and be, um, and and probably be seven and one. Um, and then Alabama's got Missouri and Mississippi State, 
So you've got to figure they're going to be um, 8 0. So that win of Rain for Auburn could be a chance to stay tied for second at, uh, at 7 and 1 with Tennessee. So big game, a couple big games ahead, and they go to Morgantown, and then things get crazy. So, um, but all in all, good start for this Auburn team. They're positioning themselves well to make the, SC, the NCAA tournament. Um, just got to keep keep winning these games, keep finding themselves a little bit. I think they're doing a really good job uh, of doing all that. Um, you're going to have a Carolina primer. Yeah, the, yep. Saturday morning? Yeah, Saturday morning for that one and uh, the breakdown this afternoon. That's right. So keep keep an eye on uh, AuburnLive.com and Jay will have a breakdown of the winner of LSU and then a primer on Saturday morning as Auburn plays South Carolina um, in uh, in Columbia. I don't know the last time they played in Columbia, but they've had Auburn's gone up there and, and blown them out a few times in Columbia. And had some pretty bad, you know, that was the loss at, with the Anthony McLemore injury. And there was yeah. another loss there, too, at one point that was just really weird. I don't remember McLemore, which team it was. Uh, that, that was a tough, man, that was a tough one. Yeah. Um, one, two, and some weird Auburn. games in South Carolina, though. Yeah, Auburn's won five straight in the series, um, including the last two times in Columbia. The I think that was the COVID year with Sharif. They scored 109. Yeah. 2021, yep. they went up there and just they were unbelievable. And then the next year, they went up there again, won 81-66, um, 21-22. I guess last year, they went up there and won 81-66. Um, yeah, you're right there. Oh, you know what you're thinking of? The, the I think you're thinking of that 18-19 game. Um, they lost by three. Yeah. That was Auburn's Final Four team. Um, yeah. And just a, they just they were ranked 16th. It's kind of funny. Um, yeah, lost 80 to 77. They got down 17 points in the second half. No, no, I'm Those sorry. Chris no, Silver destroy Auburn, though. Who was it? Chris Silva. That was their center back then. But oh, just, he would just beat Auburn to death down low. He was sick, yeah. Um, yeah, Austin Wiley was out. Yeah, Chris, yeah, you you nailed it. You know what Chris Silva did that game? This is the so like 30-point game. 32 and 14. I think he might have hit like a shot at the very, you know, like five seconds left or something that kind of sealed the game for him as well. Well, if I remember right, they hit they hit a, like a corner three. There was a tie game, and um, maybe that's what it was. They just hit some corner three, and you're like, you, you know, it was almost a, a yeah. South Carolina's Felipe Haas knocked down a three point shot on the next possession to put the game box in front. Um, yeah, and and then. The rough game, Austin Wiley wasn't there, and Auburn went there. So, yeah, you're right, and they've had a couple games. They lost by three. The time before that, I think, was the McLemore 17-18 game. They lost by nine. Um, but as of late, they've had they've had South Carolina's number. Going back to the SEC tournament, <clears throat> they won. Yep. Uh, they won in Nashville, and then they won by 13. They won by 20-plus. They won by 15, and then they won by 11 last year. So, um Double-digit wins in the last four games against South Carolina. So they've kind of had their kind of had their number as of as of late. Um, I was looking at that game last year. So the game last year clinched the uh, SEC title for Auburn. Um, it was played in uh, March March fifth. It clinched it clinched the uh, 
the SEC championship for Auburn regular season championship. Um, that was a game where they were up 17 at halftime and then kind of just coasted. South Carolina outscored them in the second half, but they, they coasted and, and won by 11. Um, but, yeah. So Auburn's going for five straight in that series. No, six straight. Six straight in that series. In the South Carolina series. So, okay. All right. Well, let's get out of here. Look for Jay's um, stuff at AuburnLive.com. If you're not a subscriber, go subscribe. Um, it's $29.99 until next August, the end of August. So subscribe now, $29, $30. That gets you access through fall camp, football camp, um, and uh, leading up to uh, literally the first game of a few freezes first season at Auburn. So pretty good deal. Um, for Jay, I'm Justin, AuburnLive.com. Go subscribe. Go subscribe to YouTube. Hit the notifications. That helps. That's what Zach in the back tells me. So I'm going to say he's right. Um, and then we'll talk to you. Uh, we'll talk to you after Auburn's game against A&M next Wednesday. Uh, and we'll catch up with you then. See ya.